I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Steven Richards. And that was me training Steven on how to do an intro. Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. Yeah, that's how you, that's it's that. so easy. You okay. just come out hot, you pop on in there, and you do it. Um, we're going to... Can so I, you can I try? Practice. You want to try Can it? I yeah, try let's once? Do okay. Let's do it. So ready? Uh, we're recording in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, this is I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. <laughs> and my name is Steven Richards. <laughs> and my name is Podcast. Nailed. Nailed it. You know, it's funny. At first, I legitimately thought that you were messing up. I was like, wow, he's, he really was not ready I, for this. I did. My mind went completely like anytime I focus on doing something too much, my mind's like, no. But when when you went through it and you swapped everything evenly, I was like, no, this is he's actually nailing a whole a wholly different thing. This is phenomenal. Yeah. So good work. Good work. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back. I like to movie movie, as you know, can be found at movie movie cast on all the things. So please like and subscribe. Uh, Want to bump up the Spotify subscribers, because as much as you probably hate hearing this, that's how we get ad revenue. But we'll make the commercials fun, I promise, if we were to ever get any more than just Anchor FM. Uh, and also, we are on Anchor.fm. So blah, 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 blah. So Stephen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Long week. I'm very Long glad week. that we uh, started doing this on that we're doing this on a Friday as opposed to a Thursday, because yeah. I feel like I can be a little bit more relaxed and loose and TGIF, baby. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, the day that movies come out, the day that I'm too tired to go to them anyway. Oh man, and we've already seen them, and we've already seen them. Yeah. And in the in in that spirit, uh, we should talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, as you probably noticed from the title of this episode, we are going to be focusing on two films from Jonathan Majors. Uh, one that comes out next Friday, which would be March March third, I believe. Third, yeah. And one of which has been out for a while, and you've definitely already seen. Don't worry, we will not be spoiling Creed three, but we will be talking about it. And as of I believe 10 o'clock this morning, the spoiler embargo lifted for Ant-Man. Because apparently that's a thing now. It's the first email that I got that said there's a spoiler embargo. So uh, we will be spoiling Ant-Man. Ant-Man dies. Ant-Man dies. He gets the uh, Kang holds up a magnifying glass to the sun. And Ant-Man is just literally cooked. Just like that. So uh, Jonathan Majors just... uh uh cock slaps him to death i mean honestly we're gonna get into it but that would be a lot more interesting than anything that happened in that fucking movie if you ask me but um, yeah so we're gonna talk about that and then a little bit later we're gonna count down some of our favorite late franchise entries so movies that came out very very late in a franchise a la ant-man which is essentially iron man 31 and Creed three <laughs> which is essentially rocky nine so pretty deep in the uh deep in the thing yeah i am gonna i'm gonna amend that statement i'm my list expands to more than just film by the way that's fine you know what if okay. if we're gonna get weird with it we can get weird with it um 
I imagine it's probably a uh, television show reboot that you're thinking of. And it has me amending my list already because there was an incredible third season to one of my favorite shows that people debated over whether it was even a movie or not. Um, and it was it was so stupid, but I'll think about it. We got time. So what? I guess we should talk Ant-Man first since we're going to spoil because yeah. there's no embargo per se on spoilers Wait, for actually, Creed. I have something Except I want to talk about before. It's not, it's not out yet, so we just got to be courteous to the you know the people who haven't seen it. Plus, I don't want them to turn this off. I want to mention something before we get started in a movie talk. Please and this do. is this is something that you can find. I couldn't wait to do this because they they will be gone by the time okay. I, I we get to Hot Property. But if you want to hear more about our snacks and our love of snacks, let's check out our Hot Property Pod called Hot Property Podcast. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> should the get Hot that in Property there. Podcast Network. Correct. Um, all, at Hot Property Pod and all things, I took the plunge and I got the most stuffed Oreos. Those popped up on my Buy Nothing group, and I put in for them, but I was not selected by the random number generator that my my very giving neighbor used. So I have not had these yet, but I got to say it is, it's got to be too much insane, stuff, man. So it, I can actually see three legit separated yeah. layers of cream on that. Also the top cookie just fell right off. Here. Oh, there you <laughs> go. That? And I should they, say that when I say cream, I mean, cream as in creme, C-R-E-M-E. Yeah. So yeah, this is, man, I know that's probably supposed to look space aged, but I feel like to me, it looks 3d printed. Yeah, which I guess it's, is a space age thing if we think about it. If we're being honest, it's good though. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel like it's too much stuff. The thing is, this the cream, the creme actually tastes like cookies and creme. Oh, uh, okay. It's That's not just one of your standard Oreo cream. Okay, I'm into it. It's pretty and good. So I've noticed that as your beverage to go with these Oreos, you've gone with the classic, the uh, beer. The Voodoo Ranger Juice Force. That is correct, Dan. Yes. <laughs> so not only beer to go with your cream, but um, a specifically juicy beer. Yep. Yeah, these things are I will very... be farting the last half of the podcast, almost exclusively farting. I had two tofurkey sausages earlier, so there's a very real chance that I will also be farting. And well, honestly, Thank God this is a remote podcast. I'll just admit it. I've been gassy all day today anyway. I'm, yep. gassy, I'm gassy most days. God bless Jenna, but I, I'm gassy most days. And you can't smell your own farts. Jenna has a smell of them. That's the weirdest thing. Like I, I, it happened before I officially got COVID, but I did once get very sick during COVID and never tested positive. And really, ever since then, I've not been able to smell my own farts, and I've not been able to smell asparagus pee. And those are two of my favorite things. I mean, when they're my farts and my asparagus pee, that's those are two of my favorite things. But um, I can't. I don't have it anymore. And I don't know why. And ever since I've been eating lower cholesterol, I've been farting more than ever. And it just so breaks anyway, my heart. Man. Because she's like, oh, Dan, damn it. And I was like, I just I just wanted to make the noise. Uh, my cat doesn't mind it. Speaking of just wanting to make the noise, let's talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> so, um, Hey, you, you hot property did. I just, I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to let the listeners know that if you create, if this is some of the those crazy squares you crave. There's another square over at Hot Property Podcast. There you go. I uh, I tweeted at the Trisket account the other day. Or I didn't even tweet at them. I just made a joke that I said the slogan for Triscuits should be a Trisket, a Trasket. It's the cracker made of basket. And I I 
I just tweeted that as a joke, and then the official Trisket account responded and was like, "Holy, you know, they didn't say holy shit, but they're like, oh my god, I love this." And I was like, I gotta get some free Triscuits, but that didn't go anywhere. Wait, did what? They didn't respond to that. Yeah, they 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 said, "Oh my god, I love this." Well, no, they didn't respond to your demand for free Triscuits. No, no, actually, I didn't demand for free Triscuits. Um, I did open up a line of communication. I responded. I said, "Uh, you know, I." I said, and I love you, Triscuits. Now, please make bigger boxes so that I don't eat them all in one sitting. Because that day, uh, I, I had eaten an entire box of Triscuits over like two days. It was a little box, but I, I, I actually found that they do have much bigger boxes. I just didn't, I didn't go that deep in the in the grocery store. They're they're called family size, I believe. Family size. I'm already halfway through it. I got it yesterday, so I'm the size. Of the two only families. the only box of Triscuits for Dominic Toretto. Yes. The family size, the family size. Yeah. Why? Why nobody? Why no product has called in Toretto and been like, "We want you to sponsor the family size, size Jiffy Pop." Yeah, yeah. Toretto size. Actually, for those though, there'd be an ingredient that you really don't like, and then the next one you get, it's like your best friend. Yeah, As that would be fitting in that. Like ol- for me, it'd be olives. Yeah, you'd be like olives. Ah, oh, oh, you're the villain this time, and then you'd be like, you I'm know pretty what? sure you're part of the family. I'm- I'm pretty sure you're both on my screen and I just saw you walking down the street outside of my window. I'll do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You son of a bitch. All there right, Ant-Man. A... We got to talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> Let, let's talk about Ant-Man. So your experience with Ant-Man was a little different than mine um, because I didn't really like the yeah. movie that much. You seem to have enjoyed it more. I don't know if it was my, I would say at this point, lack of expectation. Because when you saw it, and you texted me after you saw it. I was, uh, I was about you know two two and a half sheets to the wind. Okay. And I was like, I was like, you know what? If even Dan didn't like it, then fuck <laughs> the MCU. I'm fucking done. Kevin Feige is a fucking piece of shit. I hate everything that Disney's doing. They're ruining my life. Uh, and I was, I was really about to tell you to tell me everything that happened so that I didn't have to see it. Luckily, <laughs> excuse me. Luckily, the person I was seeing it with brought me back from the darkness and said let's just watch it with what we know now don't don't get spoiled from dan and uh you know i i ended up thoroughly actually enjoying it besides with with a couple of like really really fucking bad like stuff i had to overlook like there was a lot of fucking bullshit that went on man let me tell you this is yeah like you you with a positive review i think it's probably fair that you admit that it's that there is a, a severe downgrade on what's happening in the MCU. And a lot of what I like about it are things that are, I'm almost making a concession to where I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you know, cause like Ant-Man is like funny. It's like, I wasn't bored, but it's like kind of a piece of shit movie. Well, I found myself cause I just watched with this person I went to the movie with. She had never seen Thor love and thunder. Okay. And so uh, I was, I was like, "All right, you should probably see just what a fucking terrible, terrible movie this movie is." So I will, <laughs> I will watch it. I will watch it again with you. And in my mind, I was like, "Maybe I'll give it another shot. Maybe it wasn't as bad." Because yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. walking out of Love and Thunder like, "Wow, that was the worst one yet." Like this, there's, there's very little that even Thor: The Dark World had some redeeming qualities. Um, I liked Thor: The Dark World actually. Thor Love and Thunder had very little. The only thing I can think about is Christian Bale's performance is the only saving grace to that 
movie. And here's the thing. I keep forgetting that he's in it. Because yeah. someone will mention him and I'll be like, oh, yeah, he was in that. Oh, yeah, he was the best part of that. What happened in that movie? Because I enjoyed that movie in the moment. And then as soon as the it ended, it I was gone. It. And like things just that happened, it. it all felt weightless and it didn't matter. It was a lark almost. And I don't know if that's the movie or whether that's how I'm conditioned to accept these things now. But I don't know. Ant-Man just kind of like felt so old hat to me. Well, Ant-Man, I think what Ant-Man had going for it was that I watched Love and Thunder very recently before I went to see it. Because the entire time I was like, well, it's not Love and Thunder. So, like, there was a lot of concessions that I made, too. Which, again, does not a good movie make. Like, let's get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as a kickoff to Phase 5, yeah, left a lot to be kind of like, you know, if you're, if you're comparing this to as like an opening ceremony for the next phase, you're going to be very, very upset. I mean, it's only they're only going to go upward from here, hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, to me, and I said this in my review, I think I've probably said this on record somewhere else, but like it represented to me what I think feels like the Chipotlefication of cinema. Yeah. At least in t- the Chipotle, not even of cinema. I don't want to be one of those people who's like, ah, cinema's dead. It's not. You just got nowhere to look. But the I like looking at the movie theaters. Yeah. And you know what? And that's fine. If that makes you happy, then who am I? But it's the Chipotlefication of the MCU to me, because what do you get at Chipotle? You either get a burrito that's like good enough, or it's like, ah, that one, that one didn't do it for me. There's no chance you're ever going to get like an actual great burrito. You're not getting the godfather of, of burritos at Chipotle. You might get it at a different restaurant, not at Chipotle. And that's what I mean, it feels yeah, like yeah. the like the MCU has become, where it's like, yeah, you might get a passable piece of entertainment. Now you're full. You I might like get Chipotle. a piece of shit. I like Chipotle too. I like I I enjoy Marvel movies, but like anymore, like, Marvel's the, turning from Chipotle into Subway, though. Yeah, that, see, that's what I mean. Is like it's a standardization yeah. process. So yeah. they they just it's a standard movie that they have to put out, and then they're starting to look standard in terms of design, in terms of just like they're even all the same type of comedy now, and it just feels yeah. like I don't know though, but like I'm I'm still in, goddamn it. And the sandwich artists are overworked and underpaid, and they're staying late, and they're just trying to get this this turkey hoagie out for Ant Man, but you know, it takes time to render these hoagies. So they have to start underpaying their workers, which did you see that? That was the, so the visuals in this, what did you think of the visuals? Fucking everything was okay. <laughs> that, everything, that's, the, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's everything what this whole was going, is. Everything's okay. Everything was going just fine. I had come to terms with the fact that like these people just shot the entire movie in a big green room. I was doing fine with that um, <laughs> up until, up until a point where um your friend and mine uh and this is a spoiler uh so turn turn away your ears but yeah Corey no, Stahl comes back as Modoc yeah and let me tell you <laughs> that is some of the worst like I I looked at the person I was with and I was like this has to be a joke right like this yeah. isn't real like this is this is this is an, within the movie. This is a joke. They're not actually doing this to us. This is fine. Something will happen where it's like, oh no, that was just a hologram of my face. That's why I look so bad. Nope, yeah, that nope. is his face. That is his terribly rendered CGI face that looks like it was fucking made by a college student, and it might have well have been made by a college student based on what we hear coming out of the um of the visual effects space from Marvel these days. 
Well, and th- that was their big excuse. There was an article that was released that was like, "I just read that." Oh uh, yeah, too. we redirected a lot of these resources for visuals to Black Panda, which was or Black Black Panda, Black Panther, which was the I, I mixed pa- Panther and Wakanda, and I said Black Panda. So Black Panda, Wakanda Forever, uh, they they rerouted a lot of their visual resources to them, and then just kind of left whatever was remaining on the Ant Man team to finish, which makes sense because that's the more high profile movie in terms of like impact on on the field. Also, MCU. up until but this point, Modoc uh, did look just garbage. And up until this point, Wakanda Forever probably had the most criminal set of CGI in that last. Um, the last battle between they, T'Challa they and up. Killmonger. Yeah, it looked like it looked like I was playing the Black Panther tie-in video game at the end yeah. of that movie. So I understand them wanting to be like, well, we now that Chadwick is gone, we don't want to dishonor his memory by putting out another fucking steaming oh, pile of CGI dog that shit. Was so bad, yeah. And besides the design for the overall design for Ironheart's uh, armor, which you know that was that needed to be addressed at this at the concept level, not the CGI level. Mm. Um, that way, you know, I, I, I prefer she not look like, um, a power ranger that, uh, you know, we're borrowing, uh, footage from some kind of Japanese Wait, movie. So about- has, I'm going to ask a dumb question. Ironheart's yeah. the daughter, right? Ironheart. No, I'm talking about Wakanda forever right now. Okay. I forget who, see, that's the thing. I forget. I don't know who any of these people are named. Anymore. Ironheart is the, is iron, iron lady. The Iron Lady, starring, yeah. Um, <laughs> she was the there. yeah the younger the younger woman who got it. Yeah. yeah, I yeah she was cool. I enjoyed her, but yeah, that was. I hated her outfit though. Yeah, but I understand putting more of the CGI to that, and I think for the most part, Ant Man didn't because it was so saturated in CGI constantly. It wasn't that part of it didn't really upset me. The fact that I was like in a CGI Wonderland. I what mean, did that... upset me is that. Did, was this their only idea? Yeah, it, putting, putting Corey Stoll's face like literally stretched over a Modoc thing. That, Honestly, just I gotta leave say the though, helmet man, closed. The, yeah, the helmet clothes look cool, but one of the things that I did like about how they did Modoc is that Mo, part of the humor and fun of Modoc in the comics is that he is uncomfortable and grotesque to look at. So it may, and so they really played into that in this movie by, you know, they made fun of his little legs. They were like, you know, constantly talking shit about how this guy is in a pretty, pretty like fucking. Can you imagine having been made into Modoc? That's a nightmare. And, yeah. so, and so part of, I don't know what Modoc's original lore is, but I know that the reaction to his appearance in the comics is always one of just like, oh my God, what, like, what are you, dude? And uh, I think they captured that. So it makes sense to me that that's an area where they obviously were like, just, it doesn't have to look good because it's, you know, it, it can look stupid. So the, the company that um, Corey Stahl worked with uh, in the beginning of, uh, Ant Man. Ant Man, yeah. Um, Aim. Uh, they, the in the comics, Modoc's origin is that close to what happened here, except Aim, the company experimented on this dude George Tarleton way too much, and he became Modoc. Mm. Well, I kind of like you know, like I don't mind that uh Sandman was retconned to have killed Uncle Ben and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. I don't mind that Jack Napier I hated that. Oh, so I don't mind that Jack Napier is the Joker in the original Batman movie because 
and then they made it Joker, the guy who also killed his parents. You're like, I, I don't mind things like that because, like, whatever. So I, you know, I, I think it's cool that they turned the bad guy from the first one into a returning character. Whether it was a home run visually or even beyond the concept, certainly, yeah, uh, I, I could not, I could not assert that, but I did. I that was one thing I liked about it because it just felt like it, it felt like a choice to have Corey Stoll come back, and I was like, oh, how interesting, a choice. I haven't seen one of those in one of these in a while. Yeah, I, I think what bugged me about it was like, I, I didn't think, I didn't think it was very funny. I didn't think it was funny at all. You know, spoiler alert. It was Bill, cringy at best. Bill Murray shows up and bombs. Straight bombs. Yeah. That, like, none of that worked. Paul Rudd's usual usual shtick as, as you know, as uh, played out as it's funny become. Man. Yeah. It still works for me. I love it. He just seems so cool. None of it worked here. Well, this one, he's kind of a little more complacent and arrogant. Yeah, he's a little more arrogant. I actually yeah. saw a little a little bit of age on that face, Mr. Rudd. That yeah. was new. I also I like how in the beginning, um, what's the daughter's name? I, I have no fucking clue. Is it's it like played Casey by Catherine Newton. Something? Catherine, Catherine Newton. Newton. Well, no, that's Wait, I want to say Catherine. So Catherine yeah. says something to him about like, all right, yeah, you saved he's like because he keeps saying, like, Oh, I saved the world. I saved the world. And she's like, Yeah, but what are you doing now? And I yeah. think that's like that has so much potential. Just that question has so much potential about, you know, what happens after what yeah. happens when, when you win the war, what happens and who are you? What is now? Who are you? Yeah. And I think that that, that question, because when she asked that question, at the dinner table, I was like, all right, I kind of like where this yeah. is going. Never brought up again. Never brought up. Again. Never, never, never came full circle to what should have been when they sat down in the writer's room that should have been the question on the board. Like, how are we going to answer this in a good yeah. way? And, and they didn't do any of that. <laughs> they tried to wire it into, oh, call Toretto. They tried to wire it into family. Like, he's going to appreciate yeah. his time with the family as opposed to that. But, like, that's just something that they say happened at the end. Because it doesn't really happen over the course of the movie. And, and, they, <laughs> and to try and do it, they employ the laziest device, which is not laziest, but like just a very basic device of separate them, bring them back together. Like yeah. they didn't, the, the family was not separated really in any meaningful way, short of him having to team up with his daughter. The wasp was just kind of not in the movie. You know, they tried to do this weird, they tried to like sex up the romance between still hot Michelle Pfeiffer and rotting into a husk of a man, Michael Douglas. And... Hang on, I'm gonna stop right there. Michael Douglas <laughs> gets the fucking like gets the silver medal for the sil- saving sil- saving the silver this fox movie. medal. He is hands down the best part of the movie. I'll agree yeah. with you that 100. My favorite line of hit. My favorite line of the whole movie is when he walks up to the bar and he's like, "Now I'm not familiar with your, your customs, but I'm assuming you have something here that will get me drunk." <laughs> yeah, he and he delivered the hell out of that. It but, was like, yeah, like that. I was like, that delivery is so fucking good. And then at the, at the, during the ultimate battle, when he just walks up casually wearing that great duster. And oh, I'm like, uh, I'm like, fuck, Michael Douglas is so cool. I'll give this movie that. There's a lot of cool costume design here. There's yeah. a lot of great creature Cassie, design. That's her name. Cassie's outfit Cassie. is great. When they get down to the quantum realm, all the different races of people that they meet. The that, Pixar light is there. Yeah, yeah. The um, finally the Pixar light gets a starring role in something. Dude, that 
he was probably purposefully designed to look like the Pixar lamp because we love the Pixar lamp and you can't kill anyone in this movie, but you can't, you know, but you also can't just like kill non people. He yeah. had to exist to be the guy whose death hurt. So when his light yep. bulb went out, I felt that. And it was very weird. Oh, his light bulb didn't just go out. My friend, his light bulb <laughs> got fucking exploded. Just, got smashed with a baseball bat. Uh, you know, not really, but um, so my point though is when they like just the the parades of different people with cool costume and creature design, there was some really cool shit there. Kudos where it's due. I had yeah. like Phantom Menace vibes in terms of like, oh, you're really hitting me with like a lot of cool designs. But then it also breaks my heart because it's like, oh, I'm never seeing any of these people again. This is just set dressing in the in the form of aliens yeah. right, or whatever they are. But my biggest issue is that Quantumania to me defies what's so fun about ant-man in terms of his power his power is that he can get bigger and he can get smaller because he is ant-man and really only one of those makes sense with regards to his name but we go with it big small it's great in the quantum realm that doesn't become a part of the movie again yes he does get bigger at one point but there's a part where him and his daughter are both big and when they're talking to one another it wasn't until later when one of them was like we're pretty big right now that i even remembered they were big because there was no relativity to scale because the quantum realm is sort of uh it has no geographic structure to it and so what's my favorite thing about ant-man is that you have a chase scene on a toy train because it's so little my favorite thing about ant-man is when he turns big and becomes like a you know a godzilla for a second to me, the quantum realm robs all of that. Like him getting little and big only exists as an explanation as to why he can punch very hard. Like it's yeah. never, it's never really used except to like shrink him down to go into the quantum realm. And I don't know well, without that, the, uh... without scale play and size play, Ant Man is functionally worthless to me. I'm disinterested in terms of the filmmaking. It's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. There's infinite fun cinematically to be had that with that idea, and instead they were just like, eh, you know, let's throw him in some gloop. Fuck that! Like fuck that! Now the I'm mad. Can- the final cannonball move. Are you done? Yeah, so I, I I started to get mad. I started to get charged up. The final cannonball move. I know it's not not nowhere near what you were expecting, but I thought that was pretty cool for the size the size bit. Yeah, I mean, but again, that's less of a using of his you know using of his powers regularly. Like when I saw Transformers, I do I went into that movie saying, you know what this is going to be? This is going to be the most big budget, awesome, real Transformers turning into cars and back and forth. It's going to be incredible, even if the movie is stupid. And it was. Then in the sequel, they just forgot about how cool the transformations needed to look. And they tried to, like, build the mythos. And I was like, I, I'm here to watch that car chase that car and then become a dude and duke it out for a little bit. Like, when I see Ant-Man, I want to see his Ant-Man powers used. Like, what's different about him or or, you know... Black Panther at this point on the battlefield. All well, they do is a the lot. same thing. There's a lot different. There's a lot, but I mean, like <laughs> you know, like if I watch a Batman movie, that's going to be very different when I watch a Superman movie as to how they interact with the world relative to what they can do, what their superhero gimmick is. And I feel like the Marvel heroes are starting all to just become one type of functional hero: can take damage, can punch hard, and has a a, a catty attitude. You know, and that seems to be. That seems to be good while doing it and look and look good while doing it. And this is a very broad generalization, but I think it's so fair to say that we're moving towards that because it like 
you know, if you have Ant-Man, don't not use Ant-Man. Like, you're going to give me a Batman movie and not have him use his Batmobile? No, it has to happen. It's law. And to me, just it just feels like Ant-Man is Ant-Man, Spider-Man is Spider-Man, and they're all some form of what Iron Man did best. And uh, I'm running out. Well, let's it's- talk about what are the titular um, prospect of this episode, which is uh, our Lord and Savior, Jonathan Majors. All hail. All um, hail. Amazing. Amazing. It's amazing and work. And he, he really he played makes it a lot out of Kang. What's that? He makes a lot out of Kang because there's not a lot on paper there. Well, what he and I read a bunch of interviews with him because I'm like, man, his when he played the the man beyond time in Loki, I was like enthralled that last episode. It was, and there was a, basically like, a 45 chilling. It was like a 45 minute, you know, play the last episode of Loki was. It was fantastic. I loved yeah. every fucking second of it because Jonathan Majors knows how to fucking deliver lines in both a menacing and uh, curious way. Mm-hmm. And this this Kang, what he said was is very different from what you you saw in Loki, and he was because as we as was revealed at the mid credit scene, there's a lot of these motherfuckers out there. And they're all coming out now as a direct result of, you know, this Sylvie stabbing the other dude and, um, you know, Wanda opening up the multiverse as well. Mm -hmm. And so and when you look back at phase four, you think, okay, we have three beats that lead up to this mediocre movie. I'm not not enthused about where we're going in the future. But um, I will say that if, if Jonathan Bader is going to be there, I'll feel safe. <laughs> yeah, I will feel safe. He did make interesting choices. Uh, you're right at the end of Loki. That's one of my favorite things about uh, all of MCU is that scene, um, uh, which since we can spoil uh, the end credits, the second post credits screen uh, scene in Ant-Man, like really as a as being a tag to Loki, like got me excited again. Yeah, that's love, how they do it. That. That's how they get you. I love that Owen Wilson was there, too. Yeah. Like, do wow. they get do they get credits? I feel like they probably either have to because of SAG, or perhaps there's something written in the contract. Because when you sign a Marvel contract, you're on the hook for a few movies. So maybe that's like an all-encompassing credit. Or did they like just use footage from the upcoming season two and just like here you go? Oh, you know, that's probably it. That makes yeah. the most sense. But uh that's that's summertime, dude. The thing with Kang that I liked that they did in this movie, I know, I, I gotta catch up. Um, what they did in this movie that I thought was very clever with Kang is that he did seem more, like, curiously detached uh, than menacing in Loki. Yeah. And in order to be a villain, he has to be menacing here. And I like that it's his detachedness that gets him into the situation where he's in the quantum realm. And then while in the quantum realm, he kind of becomes like a, a pathetic and desperate character. And yeah, because he, like like Tony, he's nothing so he, without his suit. Yes, yeah. And he starts to become a little bit more expressly villainous. Like, whereas the yeah. lo- the one on Loki scared me because it's like, oh, his complete detachment. He's like if um if Dr. Manhattan didn't have at least a little bit of a, a moral code in there, you know? He, he just sort of has that like aloof nature yeah. that makes him scary. Like he's not going to care because what's one universe when you have infinite, haha, <laughs> you know, but in this one, you have to make him a little bit more antagonistic. And I thought that script wise, it was a very clever way to make him antagonistic. That whole backstory yeah. with Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, 
her touching the ship and getting all the knowledge and then just that's got to be so frustrating for him to be like didn't think of that and now i can't get home yeah you know and like that's i thought that was very clever and fun and i i remember watching the trailer and like there's that fucking scene that we saw a million times over again where kang is like choking it man yeah he's like i don't have to win we both have to lose blah blah, blah. And i'm like i don't know anything about kang yeah from the comics except that he is as powerful, if not more powerful, than Thanos, and there's no fucking way that that Ant Man will even be alive to breathe those words if Kang is like at full power and not just like fucking with him at the moment. Yeah, and then so it was good to see that explained in the fact that like you know he gets his suit back, which brings him into power in the quantum realm, and then at the end when his suit starts malfunctioning and shit, he he's brought back to like kind of a normal person strength, even though. Jonathan Majors and a normal person's strength is still the strongest person on our regular planet. <laughs> dude, he's he is like that dude is gigantic. He is yeah. he is full 90-10 ground beef, that dude. He's yeah, he's that dude is is man, I, I've never seen someone with so many. Like muscles. if you want to talk about like how we don't talk about this a lot, but the <laughs> the male the, the male beauty standards are really fucking with me these days because every fucking Every ad I see is Jonathan Majors and his perfect, pun absolutely intended, Adonis-like body. And I'm yeah. like, I will never look like that. I'll never look like that. And one of the reasons being that he's like five, six years younger than I am. Yeah. Which just which horrifies me in a in a Lovecraftian sense. And um, but I think one of the reasons he's having such a big moment right now. Do you want is... to guess how old Jonathan Majors is? 33. That is exactly right. Wow. Um, I'm 38, so he's five years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> Mac, you do realize Chase Utley is like five years younger than me. <laughs> I regularly feel like that. I'm like, oh, Jonathan Majors, I want him to be my dad. And then it's like, oh, that would be impossible because then you'd need to have an ability to bend time or fuck with the multiverse. <laughs> anyway, shit, he went to Yale. One of the reasons why he is so compelling to look at is he has like three times the amount of face yeah than most people have in and one bicep. face <laughs> and bicep and so but yeah but he seems like a real a, an interesting dude i'm excited to see what he does i read an interview he said he's desperate to do a light rom-com and he was oh, like because yeah. you know he's like rom-coms don't feature guys that look like me so often he's like i think i could do that and like he's not the guy i'd pick but i'm dying to see that Whatever Sorry, it may I'm, be, I'm looking, I'm looking at a photo of Jonathan Majors coming out of a pool with his, his, his um, little red shorts on, and I gotta tell you, it's doing it for me. He's got a new movie coming out called, I think it's called Magazine Magazine Dreams, and he plays oh, a yeah. bodybuilder, and it looks damn good. And apparently, that's just like it is damn good. When is that coming out? I do not know. I imagine it's it's sometime this year. But uh, I, I like played it like can and stuff. Well, you know what? Twenty twenty three is officially the year of majors, baby. Oh shit! He's he's stepping up last to the majors year, league. Last year was the year of Cruz. This year, it's all Jonathan Majors. All Jonathan Majors. You know, bring it. I I feel like a dickhead because I didn't watch the last Black Man in San Francisco. Apparently, that movie's fantastic, and that's like what really put him on on the larger map. Like? Um, well, here's the thing. I don't know. I know it's like, um, I mean, that was supposed to be just a tasteless joke, but oh, no, no, that, that's why I sidestepped it. That's what I was doing because <laughs> I want to make that joke, but it's like he might be the second to last. We don't, I don't know what that movie's even about. 
And then, like, what does he even mean? Does he mean by like black, like last actual black man, or does he like feel like the last man of black culture? You know, like like that. There's so many ways to to interpret that, but I I have no clue what it's about. Is it about maybe it's the end of the world and he's literally it's just like an Jimmy I am legend. And his best thing. friend Mont try to reclaim the house built by Jimmy's grandfather, launching them on a poignant odyssey that connects them to their past, even as it tests their friendship and sense of belonging in the place they call home. I'm gonna guess that the title has um very little to do with the actual story. Yeah, it's probably just a moment um in time that uh reflects the title. Well, he he got a lot of love for that. Apparently that's like that and Lovecraft country put him on. And I, I have not seen Lovecraft country, but man, oh man, I Lovecraft country. It may be, maybe a perfect series that will never get a res- resolution to like perfect that it didn't get a resolution or, or too perfect to not get one. Like I'm holding in a sneeze and I really want to see what happens next, but mm. like before they canceled it, fuck you, HBO. Um, that it was it was a goddamn near perfect series. I loved every second of it. I'm gonna I'm going to check it out at some point because I held off because someone told me that they in a passing line they spoiled the end of uh the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was reading it at the time, so but so now I can catch up. They also um Michael K. Williams, isn't it? Uh, I thought you were gonna say Michael Caine. I was like, really? And then when you said Williams, Michael I Kine. thought, of course, Michael Caine plays Jonathan Majors' father. <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, Michael Caine Williams. Sorry, he'd be like, "If you come at a best, you best not miss." <laughs> oh, yeah. You come we all, love, What's we all love that that crazy show, The Wire. Love that show. I've never seen it. Oh man, you you would like it quite a bit. Very very good. Um, any last? I'm only things watching to... things with majors in them this year. Fair enough. I mean, it doesn't not connect, but Ant Man, Creed three, Major Pain. Major's pain. Uh, any? We have a couple minutes before we got to take a quick break. Any final thoughts about Ant Man? Yeah, it's whatever. Get high okay. before you watch it because the visuals are crazy. Except for that one visual with with Corey Stoll. I don't think they're that they're that crazy though. Like, I don't know. This will be my final statement on Ant Man. I saw. I watched the trailer, the original trailer, before we knew anything about the MCU of Iron Man the other day. Just the first trailer. And it looks incredible. It, it's like a dream. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It's it's one of the most. It's 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 going to be an iconic trailer as we re rediscover it because they sold us on a lot in that. But it looks fantastic. Yeah. And Ant Man, the thirty first movie in the same series, as they've gathered up more and more money and more and more box office real estate, looks infinitely worse infinitely lazier despite having infinitely more resources and just it just feels so comparatively creative creatively bereft and it pisses me they off should have stopped an end game they should have stopped an end game and so it just makes me mad but you know i i will give ant-man this i was never bored for a second yeah all right we'll be back talk about creed three Creed three, baby
And we are back. Part two of a major cinematic event. You got to keep talking while I do this. Okay, I was I started to get into the music. A, ma- a, a major cinematic event. In this corner, wearing the white trunks, accused of being a, a Nepo baby, but proving the world wrong as heavyweight champion, we have Adonis Straight out of prison. He's the man with three amounts of face for one face. He's a man with a chiseled exterior. And he's wearing black trunks. He appears to be the angrier of the two. But that just might be a bias that's been put into me by society. That's my dream job, dude. I just want to be one of those guys. You did a great job. Yeah, I wish I had better material coming out, but the the voice I was nailing. I did put you on the spot, so don't don't worry okay. about it too much. I got to get better at these things. This is just what I got to do. I haven't been All on right. stage when we last, in ages. When we last left our in- what? I, said, I haven't been on stage in ages. Yeah, Superman and the what is it? What was it? It was uh, no, it was uh, Bob. Superman and Lex Luthor battle it out in, in the, the battle, battle of ages. ages. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell our listeners what that was in reference to. That's a long, yeah. deep cut. A long, yeah. deep cut. That was me. That's one of me and Dan's very late nights back in the day after after a nice hearty shift at Chili's. And a very, it was very early in our friendship. But that has stuck around forever because it was such a, a it was also very hearty laugh, laugh. And this is why I know we're, we said we we're going to do it, but this is why it was so um, prevalent is because it was also the early days of the iPhone. And so the yeah. iPhone had this app that made anything you say sound like an old timey radio. That's and what so it was. I I put I already put on my old timey radio voice. And when you double filter it through this app, Dan and I were just dying. <laughs> He's like, yeah, because I started with Man Superman and Lex Superman battle it out in the Battle of Ages. And like <laughs> it already was doing that inflection for you. So you're supposed to speak normally. So like even, when they yeah. when they hyper uh, like accented it, it was the funniest fucking insane. thing. Truly insane. Oh god damn. The Battle of Ages. Superman the and Lex Luthor. Ages. And it was just like, I mean, that's a battle that's been raging for a century. There's never been a winner. Yeah. At least it's been battling for at least 31 movies. Yeah, it's yeah, it's insane. So Creed 3. God damn. Yeah. I was not expecting when we last left our intrepid hero. Yeah. So Rocky cured cancer. And he... then said, you know what? I'm just gonna go. I was gonna go. I was gonna take my ball and leave. I was gonna get all out of here, head back to Philadelphia. It's a good town. Now I uh I wanna assure our listeners we're not gonna spoil. We won't spoil. We won't get into any super plot specifics in terms of like, because Ooh, it's not what? out yet. This, this comes me, out Friday. This puts me in a position to have you have you have to edit everything that I say. Um, no, no, don't worry. About <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. If I no, no, I'm I'm going to hold you hostage. You have to edit out the following thing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Let's see if that happens. What I'll do is I'll just wait until March 1st because there's no spoiler. And then I'll re- and it'll be a late episode. So it'll just be after it comes out. But no, I think we can, we so, can get we can get into the plot, but we just we can't say, you know, who wins and all that. And we can, can I, say, oh, man, can I share this, with you? Something this is that... your trial by fire as a movie podcast host. 
of spoiler okay. avoidance for a movie that rocks. But please, what were you saying? Well, I'm going to swing the pendulum completely the other way and share with you, if I can, real quick, what me and my roommate Joe do a lot whenever one of us sees something that the other one wants to see but doesn't want a spoiler for them. <laughs> um, we'll just make up, like, so, for instance, what I said to him on the way home, on the way home from the movie theater, I was like, man, it was really crazy, dude. That last fight scene, Jonathan Majors punches Creed so hard, he just starts shitting everywhere. He's like <laughs> actively shitting all no, over don't, the don't, ring. Don't, don't, don't say it. That's a spoiler. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, I was like, hang on. I forgot, to, I forgot to tell you. Go back. When when Creed and Rocky like left their relationship kind of on the rocks, Creed invested in a bunch of Taco Bell franchises. No, 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 no. And no, no, only no. ate a Taco that's a only spoiler. ate a Taco Bell, only trained at Taco Bells. And so when Jonathan Majors, who had invested in just the single uh, franchise of Adele Taco in L.A., <laughs> um, he was like, I'm taking you down. There can only be one taco chain in L.A. And so he punches Creed so hard, you start shitting all over the fucking Creed's ring. Creed's like, well, you're and... just going to have to come step across this border, huh? Well, Jonathan Majors like, he gets on the mic, the mic that's hanging down from the stage. He's like, I told you shouldn't have eaten all that Taco Bell. And then Creed's like, no, it's not the Taco Bell. It was just the punch. Taco Bell is fine. Please keep eating Taco Bell. And he's saying this as he's shitting just everywhere, all over the ring. And so I'm texting, I'm texting this to my buddy Joe, and I'm in the back of the lift, and I can't, I like, I'm trying to keep it together. I'm like trying to, I'm really trying to like not laugh so hard at my own joke that this lift driver doesn't like drop me off on the on the side of 76 it was really it was really fucking tough that's but really that's funny like so, <laughs> that's a bit that goes back all the way back to like i can eat a punch Spider-Man. i just can't eat taco bell <laughs> like spider-man far from home i was like dude it's really weird when like they all just start fucking each other <laughs> one of my friends uh uh shout out to my buddy kev pulled one of these on me back in the day um he saw american beauty and i hadn't seen it yet and i was like oh how is it and he was like dude kevin spacey dies and i was like what the fuck (laughs) and then the first and he was like sorry i just had to spoil it for you and i was so pissed and then when i finally watched it in the first movie the first line in the movie was i'm lester burnham and in less than a year i'll be dead i was like you you motherfucker (laughs) you spoiled the first line oh it It would be really crazy he was like dude kevin spacey in like 15 years is gonna get canceled for for having sex with an underage kid for being a fucking rapist (laughs) no yeah he's so so normal he was the guy in seven and then like and then like you're like wow they didn't come up with the movie at all man like what where did that come from he's like or where did i come from (laughs) put money on this team yeah, Don't go know. to China in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> when, when COVID first started, our mutual friend Scott had just gotten back from China. So there was just a running joke where we were like, why did you not? Why did you? Why don't you wipe your butt? You got to wipe your oh butt, my Scott. God. If you don't wipe your butt, then then COVID just like it was your fault. You started this. You got to wipe your butt better when you come back from China. He was he got pretty, uh, pretty not upset after a while, but it was like, OK, I get it. Um. All right, Creed three. I Creed, guess there's not man. really much I could talk about without spoiling shit. No, no. Here's what we're gonna talk about. This is this is what we can do. First off, uh, what did you think of Michael B. Jordan as a director? Because this is his directorial debut. Um, there were some kind of 
first timer gleans, I would say. He's green. But overall, a successful outing, I would say. 100%. No no doubts in my mind that he will go on to do great things behind the lens. Um, I think that there was a couple of moments where I was like, was that the right transition? Was that the right thing to do? Is it the right pacing? But other than that, I think it was really, really well done for the first time out. Um, and I I was not at all taken out of the that of the story by anything that jarring like um watching Corey Stoll's face be spread across a, <laughs> a, a cylindrical robot that would have been funny though if like Modoc showed up was like hey uh, Rocco, yeah. sorry I saw Jonathan here and I, I, I was I was going I'm going back to Ant-Man set you guys are doing fights tonight I'm the unstoppable weapon the unstoppable weapon he was built for this purpose um I think that also that <laughs> Um, a lot. He's a literal killing machine. The fight choreography, and you—you you had kind of put this in my head from the beginning. Uh, you said that Michael B. got a lot of inspiration from anime, and yes. I could definitely see that in the final product. It was really cool. It was really well done. It wasn't over the top, but like there's these really there's these moments where, like when you know during the Rocky films, it was very realistic. Very like punch for punch, very boom boom batcha that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a word. And then um, this Bada one bing. was very more more stylistic. It was more, I don't want to say matrixy, but if when you see it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Where it's like there's. When's the last time you watched uh, Creed? The original. Um, I watched a lot of um, montages, and I cried during most of them. Yeah, it's a, that's a movie that that's always going to get you. I know what you mean, where it's especially because I have a personal connection to at least the first Creed at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the uh, I think what you're talking about is the the fight scenes are designed to be dynamic, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to being just like trading punches and like you know it's the the Rocky movies, the originals are focused more on the rhythm of the fight overall. As opposed this to the, the t- rhythm the, of the fight. fight, the fight, oh yeah, and then um, as opposed to the uh, the intricacies of the fight, yeah, and so this is post matrix, post matrix, post the raid kind of thing. But that's something that was introduced in Creed. Okay, Creed, I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, Creed has a lot of the like ba 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 ba, where he's like blocking a whole bunch of shit, and I I had forgotten about that. And when I rewatched the series in anticipation of this, that was like one of the big changes when we switched over to it being a Creed series. Um, I do think that at first I thought like, okay, this is a little like the first fight in the movie, just some minor, you know, minor fight at the beginning. There was a little bit of shaky cam, a little bit of fast cutting. And I was like, ah, cleaner than most, but I'm not sure. But then that issue cleaned up almost immediately. And during the, you know, every, every Rocky movie has a final fight during the final fight. There is a flourish where the, uh, the two pugilists kind of share a moment minus the crowd together. That's very artistically done that I thought was very reminiscent of some animes that I've seen. I, when that happened, that was the only part that was at risk of me being taken out of the story and I won't go into it, but when I, as I sat with it and as it continued, the more it made sense. And I think that overall people will enjoy that because we're talking about departures from the original set and even the Creed movies. Like, yeah, that's that's a new is, one. This is something that has not been done before, and I think that you know, being a new director, being somebody who just got here in this capacity, 
I think he nailed it. I think it was really good. I think because I think you're right. It is. I don't want to say it's like a sloppy moment, but it is. It's a big thing. But what I like about it is that it is a big swing. And if if he wasn't a first time filmmaker being so ambitious, that actually might be a choice that's like jarring, like as your original experience was. But I think it speaks to like if he didn't have that new filmmaker energy, we wouldn't have gotten that. And I'm glad that it's a weird choice because it's a choice that he made creatively and constructively. And it's a really, even if you don't like where it sits in the movie, the sequence itself is phenomenal. I also, I want to talk about two things really quick. That is a, there's really only two fight scenes in this movie. Yeah. This one's a little heavier on the, on the drama, like building what's happening between and the fighters. I did not, I didn't realize that until I was on the, on the drive home and I was like, Oh shit. There was really only two like fight fight scenes yeah um it was him I versus mean, ricky ricky I can, I can spoil this part it was him versus ricky Conlon in the beginning it was like his his like final fight before retirement mm-hmm. michael uh, creed's final fight and the last one obviously not really a spoiler because you see it in the trailer it's just the final fight between them yeah of course um, we're all co- we can't tell you the circumstances as to yeah. how it comes down to them there is there is a fight scene in the beginning from a flashback uh of damien as a kid Mm. but other than that i can't and like there's a couple of like montages in between but i can't think of anything else where it was like I mean, a full-fledged fight scene there was only like really two set pieces which i think was and i wasn't like i said i wasn't missing them and i gotta say i think a big reason of it is tessa thompson comes into this film and absolutely steals it she yeah, well, is awesome in this movie adrian was always a little bit of a uh, dramatic shortcoming in the rocky movies she doesn't get yeah. listened to very much and is just sort of like set dressing and not for any lack of of uh of skill and talent from um now i'm gonna forget her name oh what's her name um, adrian adrian no but uh the act the actress talia shire rocky and um adrian rocky talia shire she uh her name's Adrian Rocky and her husband Rocky Balboa. <laughs> you know, I made it take my first name because it's you know it's getting a little punchy. That's that's one of the posters. It's, it's on the poster. You gotta make it read that way. I don't know how to read. And um, I, you know, not for any lack of her her talent, but Adrian was very was not always the most well treated character. But I think if you go back and watch the Rocky movies, you'll find they're not as fight heavy as as you might remember. Except for four, because it quite literally is just the fight where someone loses, the fight where someone wins. And there's a bunch of montages in between. Yeah, the Battle of Ages. The Battle of Ages. But like almost every Rocky movie follows a just like a set dressing fight that sets the scene. Then the fight where the bad thing happens and then the fight where the good thing happens. And like that's where that's pretty much where all of them go. So you're typically only getting two or three. Yeah. But uh the uh i liked one thing that i liked about that i really liked about creed is like we get so much mileage off of the the many permutations of win lose draw tko uh this guy couldn't get up this guy got knocked down like there's there's different ways uh went went the distance didn't win you know they've used every little thing you know every different time uh technically lost the fight but the other guy was disqualified like there's so many ways they're trying to do that what i loved about this is it actually used a uh a riff of the original Rocky structure in which we swapped the protagonist and the antagonist. The antagonist in Rocky is Apollo Creed who doesn't have anyone to fight. And is just like, well, let's give a guy a chance and we'll, we'll market the hell out of it. And it turns out to be the chance of a lifetime for Rocky Balboa. 
we follow Rocky in that regards. In this one, it's a similar story, but we're following it from the Creed side of things. He's retired. He's got a fighter that that uh, needs a fight. So he gives a down and out guy played by Jonathan Majors a chance to go for the heavyweight championship. He essentially is doing exactly what his dad did, setting up a novelty fight for someone who seems like they could use it. And lo and behold, we're just watching. And so now the good guy in the first movie, Rocky, is essentially the bad guy in this, uh, Damian John, uh, Damian uh, Anderson. And so that little flip-flop is just, it's brilliant. Yeah. That's such a great way to 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 use the same themes, to explore them. And now we've got nine movies of lived-in experience of Creed mythology to inform him almost exactly following in his dad's footsteps, but just with more cultural context of, you know, helping out his friend and their shared history. But like functionally wise and structure wise, it's a reverse Rocky movie where Apollo is the good guy and Rocky is the bad guy. I also think there's a lot of like really good elements and I'm going to change that before I start spoiling things, but yeah, um, there's a lot of good elements with his daughter as well. Yeah. In this movie. And I'm, I'm excited to see, cause we have, we've already established that Creed four is happening. Yeah. Yeah, she's too young to like maybe play a concurrent role except for like just like a support character. But I would like to think that they're setting up something where, you know, the Creed series will eventually be female led, you know, maybe 10, yeah. 15 years down the road. I had the very same thought. It's like a perfect planting of a seed. Yeah. But at the same time, too, I think she works really well into the characterization because that's another short shortcoming in the Rocky movies is that. His kid exists, but he does not ever pay attention to his kid. Yeah, and like Rocky Five is all about him being a better dad to his kid, and like they kind of don't get there by the end in a way, and he just still kind of sucks. And he only takes the end of Creed One, I believe. He goes back and like once he once he establishes that familial bond with uh, Creed with Adonis, yeah, as an interim son, he's like, I got better. I better go talk to my real son. Back to Rocky Junior. Hey, this blood ain't marinara, you know. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh yeah, he's like uh Rocky like kind of sucks in that regard and I think that this uh th- they actually included his daughter in a way that wasn't just hey I have a kid. <laughs> if yeah. you watch any of the Rocky movies, he very very rarely refers to his son as my son or yeah. as Robert. He always is just like, "Oh, hey, you know, what about the kid?" It's always the kid. There's also How's, like a lot of how's like the kid. Me? It's like your yeah. son? <laughs> I'll credit Michael B to this as far as the director goes. There's a lot of like very, very subtle. You could tell he took the fact that his daughter is deaf very seriously. Yeah. And like he, you could tell that he learned ASL. Like he had everybody on the set learning ASL as best they could. Yeah. And there's even a part in their house where the doorbell rings and you can see the lights flashing like a purple color. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if she's at home like by herself, she won't hear that doorbell. That so like even like having institutions of like all right. So now when the doorbell rings at this house, the lights flash over color. The fact that like they definitely had somebody consult on that stuff. Yeah, and they oh, put yeah. it in the movie just makes it so like I think that Michael B and what he does is it's genuine. I think there's genuine, a genuine care and interest, and it helps people that have these afflictions feel seen. Oh, absolutely. That that, that like in my mind like that almost like when I thought about like. Why is Lex turning called? Oh, right. I was like, that's fucking awesome. One of them didn't even occur to me. They had the see through floors. Yeah. So you could look up and and sign through the floors rather like in my house growing up, we would just yell, you know, up and down if if it was close enough. And uh, 
yeah, that I, I that didn't even occur to me. I just thought he had cool, clear, rich people floors. And then uh, someone pointed it out. That being said, that being said, yeah. every time that we're in Creed's house, I'm thinking I want to be that rich. <laughs> yeah, his and um, I want to be rich enough to have a basement man cave where I have a photo of myself taking up one whole wall. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> There's a classic SNL. Sketch. I want like that chair, that chair that he sits down on and like has like a little breakdown with uh, Tessa Thompson. That chair, oh, yeah, that chair costs costs more than my whole life. I fucking know it. Yeah, uh, he he pulled out a cigar and then yeah. put away the cigar, and I was like, I'll have it then. Also, that that brandy <laughs> they were me. drinking is like a twelve hundred dollar bottle of brandy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. of course, he's he's the richest dude in the world. Because boxing is huge in this world. I but, was like, um, damn. I, like, uh, and he was like, like the open after his fight with Conlon, they open up on him like napping on the couch, like recovering. Oh and yeah. Behind him is just an infinity pool, and then the best view of LA I've ever seen in my life. The clearest, <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, I I guess that's what Mayweather's house looks like. But like he, him, yeah. but he I mean, beats don't, his don't, wife. So don't compare you know. our hero and savior Creed, Adonis Creed, with fucking Floyd no. Money Mayweather. Yeah, because you know what. Floyd Mayweather fights great, but Adonis Creed is a great fighter. I will say, and this is kind of to comp- to bring this whole all back to majors. All roads lead to majors. Yeah. Um, Wait, can I say one thing about Michael no, B. Jordan's direction? I have no, to say this because I want to say it. Damn it! The uh, he, he got hanged. <laughs> he had every reason to ape the Avildsen style of directing, the Stallone style of directing, the Kugler style of directing, the Capel style of directing. He had every reason to to make Creed 3 look like every director who worked before him. And the fact that this actually, even though a lot of them do differ from one another, there's like a house style that I think this kind of le- like moves away from the most. I mean, you know, like this, this is the first one that like, it moves the furthest away from the original Rocky style yeah. of, of movie in terms of just like the language of the movie and the image of it. it takes a more red hue to it. Like he made a lot of choices to differentiate it from the series. And I think on purpose and did in a way that was still fitting with the hallmarks of the series and was respectful to them, but also, you know, very aptly saying we're moving on. This is a new thing. You know, yeah. Rocky's out. Creed is in. Cause this is just the smart way to go. And, I have some ideas here and I think that that's fucking exciting. I think that's crazy exciting. And you know, he might be green, but my God, he nailed Rocky nine. And um, so, yes, please. All roads lead back to majors. I think that, and again, I'm not, I think that's a good point. I just want to spoil anything by accident. Um, So I think that ironically enough, while this was the better movie by, you know, in arm's length, pun intended. Um, I think that maybe it was by comparison to the things surrounding him at the time, but I think that Majors found more depth in Kang than he did with Dame. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hard disagree. I don't know something about also, like I said, we have different experiences watching Ant Man, so yeah. Uh, but like just comparing him because I'd watched the final episode of Loki before I went to go see the movie, and watching him play. I guess, you know, he's also played this character before. I'm putting that in air quotes. But watching him go from that to the king that we saw at Quantumania and just the, the levels of kind of like, you know, I'm I'm the big badass. I'm the dude. Like, you got to, everything goes through me. And I'm like, 
watching everything kind of crumble in front of him and then like reaction reacting to that and i just think that in my mind that there was more depth of character as far as he brought to what he did with kang whereas with dame it was much more like this a lot of the script i think drove his menace where you know he like on the, on this on the screen he was always the same dude which is which goes to the character of like he's always been that dude yeah, yeah. You know, he's always been the same fucking dude and I can't say anything more without spoiling stuff, but there's a, a, a there's something that he does to Creed that is sinister. That's all I can say. I can't really say anything else. I, I will say that I think he makes bigger choices um, or more showy choices is the terminology I'd use in as Kang. Because in Kang, he's kind of got to be bigger than everything. What I appreciated about uh, Creed is that he plays him really quiet. You know, he's a guy who at the outset of the movie is fresh out of jail and is, you know, as a result, buttoned up. He's quiet. He keeps his head down. He doesn't say anything to anybody. And it can be read as, oh, this is a down and out guy. It can also be read, uh, you know, as like, oh, there's something more sinister here and he's just keeping his cards close to his chest. Yeah. And I think he plays those simultaneously to a script that actually develops both of those ideas simultaneously because he is sinister and villainous as every Rocky villain should be and is. But he's also they they fully ex they fully give him a motivation to be that way. That is a combination of relevant social circumstances and a few mistakes anybody could have made in those circumstances uh being what motivates the way that you know that sinister nature and so yeah, i don't i i think i think that having to play both of those things cleanly evenly and in a way that's so samey that we don't really know what's up with him until the script wants us to know no matter what we might suspect yeah. and i like to me i i think that it, it's a it's a really subtle performance which the the rocky series is not classically known for it's it's not a very large performance until the moments where it absolutely needs to be and then i think in those moments not only does it work there but it also keeps him in a place where he's not just arch he has a reason to be where he is. I, I, I was pretty blown away by it. Yeah. But then again, yeah. I'm also so conditioned to love a Rocky movie, and I wasn't big on Ant on Ant Man. So you know, I could be showing a bias, but that's I how mean, I either feel way, about it. we're we're nitpicking. He he killed it in both roles. Uh you know, there's there's nothing to be wanted from his performances in either role, I think. It's a knockout. And that's been I like to move the movie, guys. Uh, <laughs> and when we say that, we mean that's the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's all she wrote. No, um, I, I just think that this is a movie that that really tried hard to move away from what Rocky is without moving away from what Rocky is. Like moved away from what Rocky is on the surface, uh, without moving away at what it is at its core. And I, it's just. Very, very beautifully done. And Creed 2, I very much like, but it's a marked step down from Creed 1. So I expected this one to either be at that level or slightly lower. And the fact that I thought it was almost as good as Creed uh, really. Uh, See, so you and I have different opinions about this thing, because I thought it was. If I'm ranking the Creeds in order, it's the order they were released. One, two, three. Yeah. You think two is better than three? Yeah. See, I, I like two a lot. I rewatched it and it was better than I remember, but. I don't know. This one just felt more. Uh, it felt of more consequence than Creed Two did. I mean, that being yeah. I mean, you're right, but 
uh, I don't know. I just I definitely enjoyed two better. Um, and that's not to say this is a bad movie. Like I love this movie. I loved it. I wasn't. I was glued to my seat. Um, except that time I had to go to the bathroom. And um, you know, I will watch it again. I think that this is more of a. Unfortunately, this is another stepping stone to what the Creed franchise will eventually become. Yeah, I mean, Creed two pleases me the way Rocky three pleases me, where it's just like clean adherence to formula done well and if i go back and watch the original rockies my favorite one to rewatch is three even though i don't think it's it's the best one um like like i think one is remarkable but if you put it down next to rocky three and said what do you want to watch right now like eight times out of ten i'm going rocky three because it's formula done right and i think that's what creed two does right yeah you know it's it's weight not weightless it's hardly weightless but it's just a you know it's about just hitting those. It's about hitting those openings and landing those I remember, punches. I remember basically nothing about the first couple of Rockies, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you would love them to go revisit them, but they are they are of a time. Yeah. And it's even wild watching Creed and being like, that's not even Philly anymore. Because Creed was like, oh shit, that's a Philly that looks like the Philly I live in. Because, you know, I didn't live here in the 70s. And then now I see images from Creed. I was like, that building's not even there anymore. <laughs> this, yeah. this is wild. And uh, so time flies, but uh, the series is all LA now, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's the other thing that upset me is that uh, there was yeah. no Philadelphia. Not even an ounce. I think when Robert Irwin dies... Um, Irwin Winkler. They, Irwin, sorry. Yeah. Who's Robert Irwin? Is he uh, the I have no guy? clue. <laughs> he's, the other, he's the other Gordon Ramsay, the more muscular one. Oh, uh, no, no, no. And I like Robert it. Irvine. Irvine, yeah. Robert yeah. Irvine. Um, when he dies, maybe Rocky will, maybe maybe Sly will come back. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, come back to Philadelphia. It's my last movie. Yeah, he's gonna be like <laughs> decrepit. He's just he, he's gonna definitely be Mickey at that point. Yeah, just uh, really <laughs> like all right, Creed, you want to bomb and wave? Punch him harder. Life is like a punch. Sometimes you dodge it. You follow. <laughs> It's like uh, your your uh your your wisdom's a little, little rotted there, Rock. Like you know what they say about life, life's hard, like an uppercut. Eh? He just dies mid speech. <laughs> Punch someone for me. And Creed Creed's daughter loses because she didn't get that last nugget of wisdom out of Rocky Balboa. Yeah. What was he gonna say? Life was like. He's like, I don't know. Probably an, you know, a, a jab. <coughs> what a... No, actually, no. She'll be, she'll be fine because we know that Rocky didn't learn ASL, so he probably didn't hear it anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely thought when uh, 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 the he gets introduced. Is it in in two that he meets the daughter? But like, they know. they try to be like Rock. This means blah 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 and then he's just like i really expected him to just do the thumbs up and be like you know where i come from this means keep on punching you know <laughs> just <laughs> but he didn't he didn't embarrass himself Ah, oh, i do love that man i miss stallone being in the series but it is the right move to move on without him yeah you know it just is like i said never never close the door completely but oh never turn your back on yeah. stallone no. there's just not a chance that guy went from being the, the prestige movie Golden Boy to an action movie superstar to a disgraced embarrassment to another Oscar nominee and 
You got it. You got to fucking. And now win. he's the Tulsa King. And now he's the King of Tulsa. There yeah. he is. But have you seen Tulsa King? No. I watched two episodes with my dad because he he loves it, and it's got Stallone, so it's good enough for me. It's not a particularly good show, but they found something brilliant because he plays a guy who, uh, like a former mob guy or no, a current mob guy who's fresh out of the pen, twenty five years. And they just are, they kind of put him on a bullshit assignment in Tulsa because he's a dinosaur, you know. And he gets to Tulsa, and so he's a man who's out of time. He's a man that my dad recognizes, that he that he thinks is cool, and that who just like him has not kept up with the social cues of the time and with certain things. And so it's it's just a brilliant way. It's like there's a huge audience of just uh you know boomer aged men who don't think they're represented on screen and are now super represented on screen, even though they are more than anyone else. Yeah, uh, they've been running the show for a long time. But they don't think that now. That's the yeah. thing. They don't think that now. And they uh they they go, Oh, I don't I don't I don't know anything. These phones with their with their buttons and these people. Even like, Rocky's black now. Yeah, even yeah, Rocky's black. I don't get it. <laughs> and so for him to be a guy who's just like, wait a minute, what does that do? And they're like, oh, this, that's a touch screen. He's like, ah, touch screens. You know, back in my day, we have buttons. You know, like tough guys. And then my dad's at home. He's like, he's right. I remember buttons. Life was better with buttons. <laughs> but it's it's a funny show, though. Like, like he hassles a, a weed store because he thinks that he's given them protection. And he just doesn't understand that weed is legal. Like, that's part of the plot. And, like, that's exactly who it's marketed towards. And, you know, it's, fu- it's pretty funny. It's, right. it's a pretty funny show, but... I'm not going to say watch it, but I'm going to say that I am fated to seeing the rest of it, given the circumstances. Yeah, sure. But it's a, it's like my, when I put my producer pants on, I was like, they cracked into something that that is so strange and so unique to our time and designed a show to fit that. A mob boss out of time. Unbelievable. Um, do, you want, do you want to take a break and then do our bits after that? Sounds like you want to take a break. Jeez. I have to pee really bad. Oh, no, it's all good. You've been doing the juice for us, baby. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break here. And then um, when we come back, oh, do you have any final thoughts you want to say about Creed or just wrap it? Uh, just fucking watch out. If you're if you're averse to, to seeing people shit all over the ring, uh, just yeah. watch out for that last scene. Because he that's his thing is before he fights, yeah. he needs to take a shit. So someone he so needs to have a Gordita yeah. crunch wrap and then he, that that's his his power is his weakness, I guess. Yeah. As they I, say. I think that says it best. So we're gonna take a break. And, uh, <laughs> what can I say? That's that that when you got a scene of a guy shitting all over the floor and spinning in circles from the ship because while he has too still much endorsing Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Well, yeah, well, while enthusiastically endorsing and correctly endorsing Taco Bell. Yeah. What else is there to, you know, when you see that, what else is there to say? That's that's great. What, <laughs> what, what more can be said about that? Art is going to be what it's going to be. But, the spicy um, uh, Gorkrita crunch. Yeah. The, 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 the Mesa Rito. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I was thinking because it's shaped like a like a mesa. Okay, um, yeah. So that's that. We'll be back. We're to count down some of our favorite late franchise entries. So uh, uh, I don't even know if we have commercials anymore. So we're gonna take a break, or we might not. You might just hear a noise, and then we'll be back talking about it. Bing. That wasn't the noise. That was Steven. Oh, oh. I'm sure we're back. Uh, fucking see there you go you got it you got the touch 
So we're going to count down some of our favorite late franchise movies, meaning movies that happened late in the franchise, either by time many years later, or they're just like deep the fuck in, in honor of having just covered Iron Man 31 and Rocky 9. I think 31 is correct. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I looked it up when I was doing my list. Oh, right on. Right on. So do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. I'm going to take one off the board pretty hot. Casino Royale. That was my first one as well. Casino Royale off the yeah. board. Casino that Royale. Was, fuck yes. That was like, what, the 20th Bond movie? Something like that? And... Yeah, and I remember watching, because I worked at a movie theater at the time, and anytime a movie would come in with that trailer on, I would, because this is back when film was a thing. Oh, yeah. I would just run the trailer just to get hyped for it. Because this is this also before the days of you could just watch anything on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, fuck yeah. I would like watch that trailer like three times in a row. I would it's just so go and put it back up. <laughs> Did I grew up with Bond and then like the uh the uh Brosnan years were big because of the video game. Yeah. And like they're a lot of fun too. And uh, Richards played a played a doctor named Christmas. Yeah. Although she yeah. continuously proves to be smarter than all of us because she just keeps on going going yeah. on being rich and famous and uh yeah that was a movie that and not uh, related to me in any sense this was before anyone really had a sense of what daniel craig was we knew him we saw that it was a face that was popping up layer cake layer cake was was that before this or after this i think it might have been after oh yeah that was before this it was before this that was before either way this is what like put him really on the map in america in a big way you know this is what turned him into ladies and gentlemen the weekend if you've seen that meme and uh oh yeah i i remember seeing munich and people being like see that guy he's gonna be the next bond and i was like you're telling me what i know but thank you and uh in the battle of ages in the battle of ages versus specter the uh uh but uh that that movie fucking <laughs> delivered and i think it's probably my favorite bond movie oh yeah like not only is it one of yeah, the big jeffrey returns wright. dude jeffrey wright as, as felix he got mads got we mads. Love mads we love a mads bad guy bad yeah, you got um what what's her name the eva green eva green very good looking and great actress too Loves to be green. I haven't seen her anything substantial except for that and the sequel to Three Hundred. Oh well, yeah, I've never seen the sequel to Three Hundred, but I would, I would like it's to. It's terrible. Oh, maybe not. I, I do love me some Zack Snyder. I know he didn't, he didn't do that one, but still. All right, I will do. Uh, I'll do. Or do you want to do your four? Since you just knocked that off, you're up again. Okay, I'll go. Um, I mean, this is a, this is a deeper cut. Yeah. Star Trek Generations. Ooh, I've not seen that one. What dude, it's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, you, you got Picard and Kirk teaming up. I would like against, to see that, yeah, yeah. Against um fuck, who is the cat from uh, his name is escaping me? The guy from Garfield uh Clock Clockwork Orange. Oh, uh uh McDowell, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell, he's the bad guy, and he finds nice. it's, it's almost like a it's almost like a Kang sort of esque villain where nice. he finds a way to manipulate timelines, which is how Kirk and Picard team up against him. It's a really kick-ass movie, and I like, what uh what number is it in the series? Because I think I've seen the first like maybe like uh, five, four or five. I think I've seen the first five. Um, fuck, Just keep talking. Well, I two, I actually three, four, almost five, included seven. seven. Okay, I'm almost there. I'm right at the door. I almost included the 2009 Star Trek on my list. First contact with Tom Hardy. No, no, not not a. Uh, are you sure it was? Uh, wasn't that Nemesis? 
That was Nemesis, yeah. Okay. Um no, I'm talking about the one the one uh Wait. the first Chris Pine one I'm talking about. Because that's technically in uh, canon oh, because yeah. of wonky universe stuff. And Actually, also in between in between remember... Generations Nemesis, there were two other movies. It goes Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, Nemesis, Star Trek, Into Darkness, Beyond. There you go. I remember seeing Star Trek and people being like, you see that guy who plays Captain Kirk's dad at the beginning? He's going to play Thor in this whole Marvel thing. Yeah. And, and you, see, now... you see the guy who plays Chris Pine in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to play Wonder Woman. <laughs> and then in two, he's like not going to play it. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I think that's a good one. All right, my number four is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I didn't I was did not want to put it because I knew you were going to take care of it. Oh, right on, right on. There's another one on here that I didn't put on because I think you're going to take care of it. Um, but uh, New Nightmare is great because it's the it's the precursor to all the screams being a meta horror. It is from Wes Craven. This is the seventh movie I believe in the series proper. And actually, uh, well, if you count, don't count Freddy versus Jason. The final in the original. Oh, you have to count Freddy vs. Jason, the best movie ever. I count it. I count it. I just for some reason think of it as more of a Jason movie, even though it is Freddy heavy. But uh Freddy also makes the most racist joke. Oh yeah, Dark Meat. That I can't (laughs) even uh... pronounce I can't even repeat on this fucking podcast. They actually have like if you go back and watch it, they have a little slur off too. She uh she calls him a homophobic slur and then he calls her dark meat because he's a fucking rapist asshole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that movie's in, it's insane. It's it's truly insane. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about New yeah. Nightmare, the one that steps out of the canon, not out of the canon, but out of the the mythology of Freddy. And it is now as they're producing a new Freddy movie, the script itself has a demon attached to it that is Freddy-like and is attacking Wes Craven and uh Heather Langenkamp and uh all of them in the real world. I was trying to think of that little kid's name who used to be in everything. Johnny Depp. No, like Miles something or other. Me- oh, Milo. Milo. Oh, what's that kid's name? Yeah, whatever. I'll think of it. But uh, yeah, New Nightmare rules and it had no right to be any good because the rest of that series was kind of poopy by then. And he came out and was like, oh, not only am I going to change this series, I'm going to fucking change the horror game. Wes Craven, goat, goat. When I first saw it as a kid, I was like, this is stupid. Miko I- Hughes. Sorry. I didn't realize what a what a just gem it was at the time. Yeah. And honestly, same. The first time I saw it, I rolled my eyes at it, but now it's like one of my all-time faves. All right, hit us with your three. Cobra Kai. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Cobra I, I've Kai. Seen it. It's a it's technically a show, but let me tell you, if you didn't care about um and you probably did, if you didn't care about anything going on in the Karate Kid universe. Cobra Kai is a soap opera with fighting in the best way possible, and it's just a fucking, it's it, it's off the rails in every best way possible. All your favorites are back, except for Mr. Miyagi, obviously. Yeah, um, R.I.P. But Ralph is back, Billy's back, fucking what's-her-name, uh, the love interest comes in at one point honestly to say the truth i'm not super well versed on the karate kid movies i've seen them but they're they were never my thing uh, the the guy in karate kid 2 who um and you'll like this because you love the fast franchise but the guy in karate kid 2 who challenges daniel to the death yeah comes back and is now on his team hell yeah um now and so the final season is coming up this summer we're all just waiting to see if the if the last member of the karate kid family shows up Oh shit! 
Do you know who I'm talking about? Um. Oh, uh, a cat, two-time Academy Award winner Hillary Swank. Two-time Academy Award winner <laughs> Hillary Swank. We don't know if he's going to come. We don't Dude, know if he'll be there. But you've got me everybody sold on else... catching up on this show just so I can just so I can be ready for the return of Hillary Swank. Literally everybody else from the franchise who is living has showed up in this franchise in one vestige or another. A hologram, Mister Miyagi showed up. No, but they he like, he's like wax um, on. Wax Daniel off. has Daniel has a dojo attached to his house because he got rich being a uh, a car dealership person. Amazing, amazing. He has a dojo attached to his house, and it's like there's a Mister Miyagi room. That's nice. Attached to that dojo, so it's a it's, shrine. It's a good, yeah, it's a shrine. It has a copy of that movie that uh, Pat Morita did with Jay Leno. They had a buddy comedy back in the day. <laughs> it's just so, got a copy. Of, it's got a copy of Sidekicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, a like boutique Blu-ray company put out a, uh, a Sidekicks special <laughs> edition as like a novelty item, and the the artwork on the front of it is definitely going to cause someone to buy it, thinking they're going to get a kick-ass Chuck Norris movie, and then get Sidekicks. Because it looks like it's like a crazy. Oh, me too. But it's like someone's gonna buy it. Be like, yes, this is gonna be like Delta Force. They're like, oh, this is a kids' movie about believing in yourself. And Joe Piscopo's the bad guy. The irony is that that dude who plays the kid who needs to believe himself killed himself. Yeah, he didn't believe much in himself. The real shame. A real shame. Anyway, you go next. My number three is in keeping into in uh, with the series is Rambo: Last Blood. Nice. I haven't seen it, dude. It is. It's fucking insane. Can I confess something to you? I haven't, seen, I haven't seen a minute of Rambo. So I hadn't seen a Rambo movie uh, except for John Rambo, the fourth one, where he's just like let loose in, in like Cambodia and just starts yeah. blowing people up. It's horrifying. Um, and it's like it's over the top violent where you're like, Jesus. But Last Blood takes it to another level. I had not seen any Rockies till a few years or Rambo's till a few years ago. And I love them. But in this one, it's quite literally uh rambo tells his like adoptive daughter that he apparently has of like a family that has adopted him uh he's like uh she's like i'm gonna go to mexico and he's like you can't go to mexico if you go there you will immediately be killed by gang members and raped to death and then uh she's like oh oh you old old very very damaged man and then she goes to mexico where she is immediately kidnapped and raped and now Rambo has got to kill some motherfuckers over it. And that's yeah. all it is. It's it's such a far cry from the original one, which is like a great drama about PTSD. In this one, it's just a movie where Jason Voorhees is the good guy. He literally cuts a man's heart out of his chest just to show it to him. And the fact that Stallone looks like a hundred different couches, you know, just sewn together. Sewn together yeah. He looks like a Jason-ish bad guy. He's It's crazy. Um, and I love it because it's so bonkers and in such poor taste. Nice. Yeah. Number two. Uh, number two, I'm I'm going to go The Last Jedi. Ooh, right on. The Last Jedi. I thought In a Vacuum was really good. It makes no sense compared to the movie before or after it. But if you look, if you just watch it on its own, it's not a bad Star Wars movie. I want I want the movie that that it promised. Yeah. And that they they walked back in Rise of Skywalker, which is eh. I think Last Jedi is probably my favorite Star Wars movie, if I'm being honest. Oh wow, really? I think it's phenomenal. Better I than love Empire. it. Empire. I mean, it it's at least as good as Empire. Yeah, I've just seen Empire a hundred times. So if you slap them down on the table and said, "Which one you do want to watch?" I'm probably going to go Jedi. But it um, is a good setup movie, like you said. But 
Yeah, I wanted I wanted that that final one. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Last Jedi. Completely wasted. You know, though, we'll always have that fight in the the sand that changes color between Ghost Luke and what's his what name? a great scene. It's incredible. It's just yeah. like when they revealed that he was just a force ghost, I wanted to like stand up and pace around the theater. Like, this is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was so badass. And the throne room fight scene is so good. Unbelievable. It's rot. It's uh, like flaming away. Yeah. I love when Adam Driver's like, fire. <laughs> oh, he like gets terrifying. Yeah, that's a great choice. And I didn't pick it because I knew you would. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's one What's of them. two. Number two, Halloween H2O. I knew you were going to pick that one, so I didn't put it on my list either. What uh, a great movie as well. Josh yeah. Hartnett is in that one. And introducing Josh Hartnett. And um, the previous one was int- and introducing Paul Stephen Rudd. But uh, H2O came out 20 years after the original. It retconned away everything after two so that it could make Laurie alive again. And now she is a uh, medicating with wine mom slash dean of a college who finds herself in a Halloween flavored scream movie. And I am fucking here for it all day long. It's the best closure for Laurie. And I love those new ones, but... The way they handled Laurie in those is not my preferred version compared to this. The way they handled it felt real. She felt like the same character. And it's just like a fucking rocking little slasher, too. Academy yeah. Award nominee and somehow never winner, Michelle Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's damn good stuff. Damn good stuff. And it's crazy because that came out 20 years after the original. And my dad took me to see it because he loved the original. I was so pumped. And we were both like, oh, that was so cool. And Halloween 2018, the first of the new arc, is 20 years after that. So it was just wild to think, like, damn, that that's that insane. The you know the the classic slasher that was 20 years old when I saw the update is now the that update is now in, I'm in the same position as my dad was with regards to distance to that movie. It's wild. Man, we are old. We are old. But uh, I will forever thank you for taking me to that. We had a blast. It was awesome, and that was in the era when everyone pointed laser pointers at the screen. So there was a lot of that in that movie. Bastards. Thank God we got past that. Thank God. I mean, it hasn't gotten any better, but all right. What's your number two? Or number number one? one. Yeah. Live Free or Die Hard. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, right on. Dude, Live Free or Die Hard was... I remember we I worked in the movie theater at the time. Me and my buddy who were close... We were two 19-year-old kids closing a Regal Theater four nights a week. And... That movie came in on a Thursday night, and we were both diehard, diehard fans. Hell yeah. And I was like, you know what, Elliot? We're staying a little bit late tonight. We got to do some quality assurance on this diehard print. If we don't live free, we might die hard. And we we stayed there till 3.30 in the morning watching it. We got we both got phone calls the next morning from management saying, why was the alarm set at 3.30? And we we're like, because we stayed to do QA on diehard. They said, that's not a thing that we do. <laughs> And it was worth it. It was worth it. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's a great one. I'm a big fan of that movie. I think that's a great action movie. And I think that they should tap Len Wiseman to do, uh, to do, uh, uh, to close out the Fast and Furious series. Yeah. I'd, I'd be amenable to that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's a good one. I and actually also thought... bring, bring Timmy O in it. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. Tim Oliphant is one of the best actors of our time. Tom Elephants. We love him. He's like he's like a Michael Shannon for the family. Yeah. You know, it's like he's he's the kid friendly Michael Shannon, but he can he can, you know, do the thing. But well, he's probably banging your wife. And, and you know what? I'm more I jealous. Lost. I'm more jealous of her than I am mad at her. Yeah. The um 
I actually thought your number one was going to be either Ghost Protocol or Mission Impossible Fallout, so I removed those from my list. I let I let you take the lead on Mission Impossible franchise. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, they didn't make my list because I thought that was the reason. So my number one is Prometheus. Boo! Yeah, I figured it'd be controversial. It remains the best use of IMAX 3D I've ever seen in the theater, uh, even now, 10 years later. It's a movie with a silly script, but um, I don't know. I find it exciting. I think it's gorgeous to look at. It has horror elements. It has action elements. It's really like a greatest hits of the Alien series. But it's got, you know, it. it's the first one to really recapture the body horror since the original one, I thought. And um, I don't know. It's just, in, I think it just kicks ass. It introduces a new, super compelling character, Michael Fassbender's David, who's the... You know, they actually put one of those uh those robots at the forefront as Lance Henriksen was more of like a background character and yeah. what's his name uh, uh yeah so I just Prometheus is just a movie that I straight up enjoy and I love the Alien franchise um but not not as much as like a lot of the diehards that are that are out there but like Prometheus I don't know that one like kind of shook me in a way that so few movies do and I think a lot of it is is as a result of the fact that they committed to some strange choices some of which don't work but many of which I believe do I actually haven't seen it oh dude get on it you might love it and then did you see Covenant the only aliens I've seen were the original alien to tell you the truth you don't really alien 3 you don't need to even remember what happens in those. Uh, and I think there's actually, something with an alien. You would like Alien Four. It's it's uh, I like Alien Four. I think it's uh, Alien Resurrection. I think it's pretty good. But um, they're all they're all varying degrees of good. But like Prometheus and Covenant are just a one two shot of just Ridley Scott reminding everybody how weird sci fi is done. And I uh, like Ridley Scott. Yeah, he did them both. You don't they don't really connect directly to the alien stuff. They're just in that world. Like there's no Ripley or mention of her or anything. But I think you would enjoy them and they look gorgeous and they're they're scary. It's ooh. So yeah, Prometheus would be my number one. Wow. There you go. Good for you. I, I really thought you would have wanted to take the lead on Mission Impossible. I thought that was no, like man, one of your I things. Let you do that shit. I asked this question the other day. One action franchise stays, one goes. Uh, meaning wiped from the earth entirely. Which one do you keep, Mission Impossible or John Wick? Man, that's tough. It's so tough, right? I thought about it, and I think I ultimately might land on Wick. As much as I love the Mission Impossibles, and I deeply love them, I think Wick is just like a... For some reason, Wick feels feels classy to me, even though it's decidedly not. Dude. It's tough, right? It's so hard. I I could go back either way. No, nah, I gotta keep Mission Impossible, dude. Yeah, respect. Yeah, I get it. Mission I'm Impossible. In. Sorry, Johnny. But now I feel guilty. Now I feel fucking guilty, dude. It's hard. That's Sophie's. I choice. feel guilty to a fictional character. The uh, no, he's as real as we make him. And I oh, like he's right outside my window, and he's shooting me in the head with a parabellum. Oh fuck! Well, now I have to go after whoever whoever started that contract. Yeah, and they're gonna meet the end of these scissors yeah that's what i'll do are they left-handed scissors yeah they are yeah good and then they'll know at least you have a fighting chance they'll be like these scissors these bloody scissors we found at the scene my god they're (laughs) left-handed he's back in business boys get the armor piercing rounds the old left hand dan (laughs) left hand danny (laughs) that guy who saw john wick too many times and fell on some scissors (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, we are out of time. Right. Uh, yeah, make sure you guys show. please uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, give us a review. That helps push us to the front. Uh, everything we do is at Movie Movie Cast. Um, you can check out our other show, Hot Property, also on the Hot Property Podcast Network at Hot Property Pod on all of the things. And you can check out ScullyVision.com where I do all of my stuff. I've actually started doing some movie reviews on TikTok at ScullyVision. So check it out if you're so inclined. Um, the Chinese government is monitoring everything I do now, and I'm doing it for likes. He's also got a great uh, parody commercial of the AMC opening with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Thank you. I made that in a state of rage. Um. All right. Well, you have, have anything you want to plug? Yeah. No. I think it was just as simple as yeah, that's been I like to movie movie. Bye. 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 Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.